Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to have you today. I am the host, Technicia, and it's wonderful, wonderful that we're almost at the end of this week. Yes, thank God. It's Thursday, right? You know, some people be thankful it's Friday, but I'm thankful it's Thursday because it's another day just to continue on to do something better and greater because every new day we get better in every new way, right? But I am glad to also have this wonderful man on today. It's awesome. He is the host of a radio show that really connects men together to really get you to transform yourself into be a better man by the end of the day. It's called The Real Man Connect. Um, he's authored so many books. Oh, and speaking of that, um, he, also his website, realmanconnect.com, and his podcast, Real Man Connect, which is now rated as the top podcast for Christian man discipleship. Um, also, there's a link where you can also get a free copy of two of his books, but we'll discuss more about that in the show. Um, do call in at 347-426-3751 if you have any questions. This show is not just going to be based on men. This show could be for you two women as well because we want to be real women too. I mean, in order to build up a man, you, we got to build ourselves up. It takes two in this partnership. And when I think about it, I think about, though, I think about war room. You don't fight your spouse, you fight the enemy to save your marriage. You fight what you you fight for what you believe in. But anyhow, let's get our let's get this started. Once again, you can call in at three four seven four two six three seven five one. Doctor Martin, I thank you so much for taking out your time to be on the show. Thank you, Tignisha, for having me on. It's a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're so, you're so welcome. You have so many hats: author, educator, expert, husband, father. Every, everything is up on this belt. Let's talk about this real man connect. What brought, what led, or what vision did you have that God gave you to start this real man connect? Well, the short version of a technician, pretty much, is that. I succeeded as a male um, in adverse conditions growing up as a child. And even though I, when I say succeeded, that's an understatement. I I was an overachiever. I succeeded as a male, as a young man, but, um, and took that into manhood, but I also eventually failed as a man because there's a difference between being a male and being a man. You're a male by birth, but you're a man by choice. And unfortunately I didn't navigate that turn to make that choice to become a man. So I was a man, I became a man who did not know how to be the kind of man that God called and created me to be. So that's what inspired Real Men Connect. Right, now that takes a, that really takes a lot because you have males, but you say men. Explain that to 
the guys out here because obviously we're putting both in one umbrella. What separates and differentiate a man from a male? Well, the simple way I can explain it to you, um, at least as I evolved as a man and learned, first of all, being a man is a choice. Uh, but that means that there's some things that you have to step up to the plate and become to become a man. Being a male is you don't have an option. You're born that way. Um, you're born with right. that certain type of, with an organ or so, and you know what I'm talking about. And so from that standpoint, um, that's just, that's just um, you know, that's, uh, I'm sorry I had somebody interrupt me just now. I'm trying to tell them I'm doing an interview. But, um, but <laughs> the basic way to describe it is this, Tanisha. When you look at what males, when we're taught and what the media shows us, that as males, that we're defined basically by, I call it the Asians, and this is pretty easy for your listeners to, to grasp. One is occupation. When we think being a man, we, ask, we want to ask a man, what do you do for a living? You said that I wear many hats. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm an educator. That's typically how we define malehood is what do you do? If a man doesn't do anything, we think less of him as a man. Are you following me? And so, one, his occupation. Two is his compensation. Now, we don't go up to strangers and ask them how much money do they make, but you can kind of infer based on their occupation. So if I told you that I was a surgeon, you can kind of assume that I'm making pretty decent money as a surgeon. So you want to know the compensation. So men tend to define themselves as being men based on their level of compensation. Then we, want to, we say that being a man is if you're educated, if you have education. If you have a lot of degrees, where did you go to school? What did you major in? That kind of thing. And the last thing that we typically as society try to find manhood is based on reputation. And that goes based on how big of their platform. Even reputation with women. Is he a ladies' man? Can he get with the women? That kind of thing. Or how many Twitter followers do you have? It's based on how your level of respectability, so your reputation. Now, on the surface, technician, nothing is really wrong with those things, but that doesn't define what a real man is. And I okay. tell people the difference between defining what a real man is and what society is, is the difference between becoming a Jay-Z or being like Jesus. Are you following? <laughs> Based on occupation, compensation, education, reputation, we would say that Jay-Z is a great man. No, he's a successful male. But what makes a real man is based on some other things. And one is the first thing is how does he lead his family spiritually? A real man leads his family spiritually and rejects passivity. He accepts responsibility. He also loves and serves others sacrificially. And in accepting their responsibility, he takes care of his business. Also, he leaves an eternal legacy of faith for his family. He's not just a situational man. He's a generational man. And also, and I think this is so important when we drop the ball as men, he doesn't just become a successful man by leading his family spiritually, loving sacrificially, and leaving eternal legacy. He teaches other men how to do the same thing. That's fulfilling the great commission that Jesus told us to do is to go out and make disciples. In my whole opinion, that's what makes a real man. And based on that, I was a failure, even after all that success I had with the education, compensation, occupation, and everything else. Wow. That. That really is deep, and I like I said, I think we women can actually learn from that too because we have to understand what it takes to be an actual real, a real woman, and we live by these titles. Oh, she's an educator. She's a mom. That's, that's a title. That's not me. That's not who I'm defined by. Right. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a God-fearing woman. That's who I am. You know, made made me think about the pastor, um, 
two Sundays ago because I didn't go this Sunday. Um, but he was speaking on, you know, people were downing him because he, cause he's from Africa. He was like, oh, they won't listen to you. Uh, they got degrees. They won't listen to you. And, and I thought about that because that does, God doesn't care about your degree. God, that doesn't, that doesn't matter to him. That means nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So that, that's what I was thinking about as you were speaking on that. That doesn't mean nothing because you can have all degrees you want. You can be the most successful person. But if you do not have Jesus in your life, right. you do not know anything about success. You are not successful at all because that means nothing to him. And that's what that's what people have to understand. Your material things means nothing because that can easily be taken away so quickly. So I'm glad that you mentioned that and and telling us these differences here. And ladies, I hope you're listening up too because that goes for you as well. Don't let this material stuff define who you are. But um, anyhow. Dr. Martin, I, I would like to also ask this. What are some of the biggest challenges that these men of this generation are facing today? Wow, that's a, that's a deep question, technician. <laughs> but I, I'll give you the simplest answer I can uh, can give you. Because I mean, also, um, in addition to doing realmencconnect.com, which is, um, has really taken off and helped me reach a lot of men across this country, I still do things here locally in my community. I host a small group of men, and I do a discipleship group with men every Saturday and so I work around a lot of men, and we just had this conversation about maybe two months ago, and I was talking about what some of the biggest obstacles that stand in our way. And the biggest challenges that I see that men face, at least from my standpoint of just working with a lot of men, and it's not very pretty, one is apathy. And what I mean by apathy is a lack of interest. I think a lot of men, even though they desire to be great husbands and great fathers, they don't realize how important that role really is. They think it's important, but they have no idea of the ripple effects that that has. And me as an educator, I get to see it all over the country. I've probably reached about over a million and a half kids. So seeing kids who are incarcerated to kids who are um, gifted, and what I'm realizing that this the father wound is very real. I don't think fathers really understand how serious their role as a man is in the home. So one of the apathy seems to be a, a big thing with men. Another one that I see quite often, we discussed this, was the fact of Men, we lack a level of commitment, and I think all this kind of spins out of apathy, that we don't follow through to the finish. When we attempt to do something, we have the greatest intentions, but if we don't achieve success in it immediately, we give up on it as husbands, Mm -hmm. as fathers, as leaders, as men, period. And all you got to do is look at society. You say, wow, what happened? Why did that guy quit? Because he wasn't getting the immediate results he wanted to get from it. So that's why you see um, the divorce rate being so high. That's why you see guys, you say, how can they walk away from their families that way? Because they don't believe they can succeed at it. Uh, another thing that I noticed that we have to deal with as men is that we are so we wear so many hats and so many roles, and, and a God right. bless women because they seem to have a little bit more persistence than we do, that they stretch themselves too thin and then their priorities are mixed up. And so they think the primary role is now I must earn a living. I must provide for my family, which, are, which is important. But the first thing you are called to be is the spiritual head and spiritual leader of that family. So they don't find enough time to put, do, I call it put first things first. So they end up majoring in minor things. 
So they're pursuing the compensation. They're pursuing the education. They're pursuing the reputation, but their families are dying. I say it's the equivalent of being a lifeguard. Uh, you've been called to be a lifeguard, but yet you don't know how to swim, which is the, the biggest obstacle that I think men face. I haven't met a man yet, and listen to what I'm telling you, Technicia. I haven't met a man yet who didn't tell me he didn't want to be a successful husband or a successful father or a successful man. However, if you ask that man, have you ever been shown how to be a successful husband, successful father, and successful human being, period, most men don't know how. So that's the equivalent of being that lifeguard, and then you see somebody, your family, drowning, but you can't jump in and rescue them because you were never taught how to swim. And here's the problem. Our ego and our pride won't allow us to admit, Technicia, I don't know how to swim. I have no idea how to, how to um, save my family. I have no idea how to nurture my family. I have no idea how to lead them devotionally, to pray for them, to bless my children. I have no idea how to disciple my children or to even discipline them the right way. So those are just some of the, the obstacles that I see just based on dealing with men day to day. Well, I, well, I can tell you that, um, Dr. Martin. I know I don't know how to swim. You're on your own. <laughs> you know I, mean? I tell my children, don't, don't play in the water because you are, you are on your own. I'm not going to tell Mom, I'm not going to tell you, Phil, do not jump in that water. But, you know, because the more you speak, see, I watch a lot of history movies and everything. I, I watch the movie of Lena Baker the first African-American woman who was executed of 1945. And then she was pardoned after she was executed because she, in self-defense, killed the white man who was holding her hostage. But he spoke on that, too. It's certain little part that I always think of. He spoke of what you just said okay. about us women. We, we bear so, we do, we bear a lot. I don't know how we do it. I don't know if it comes from our ancestors, our history of us bearing all this, to just keep holding on. But we do. We hold a lot of baggage. And I think about Erica Badu, bag lady, because we have so much that we tote. Um, but, you know, just thinking about that, there are a lot of homes. These, the United States, um, you know, there's reports like that, that one of every three children in the United States has been raised without a father present. And yes. millions of these boys, they grow a while dead to pass down what only dead can or what a dad can be, um, you know. And that's why we pop, we have to get back to the Bible because the Bible teaches us about a man being a man. But, you know, that's the thing that we have to focus on. We have to get our youngsters. And that's why I said ladies, we're part of this. We're part of this transformation, too. We have to get our young ladies to teach them. I might be at fault, too. And that's why I'm glad you're on, so I can learn how to be a better woman, so I can teach my daughters to become better women in this society, not to live off, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to have this job. You got to go off to college. But to fight, because this world is a battle. It's a battle every day, so so help me, I, I felt yesterday on my job, it's a battle, you know, and I'm hoping to go in there with the breastplate of armor on because I got to block them, them devils today, them energies, them negative chakras because they, they're there, you know. Um, and we, we figure out what does a real man look like. I, I don't I don't think it's a certain look to, to a 
a man having that certain distinct, but that you'll, you'll know it because the way they talk, the way they're brought up, if they're spiritual, of course, it's, it's not a look, it's a certain feel, it's the way they carry themselves. But, um, Donna Mar, I guess I want to ask this, what do we do about the growing culture dynamic of protracted boyhood? Who would, who would teach our boys to be men? Well, it's it's our job as men to do it, and I, and I grew up with a teenage mom who had two children by the time she was 17, and she recognized very quickly that she could not do the job that only a man could do. And I know that's not very encouraging for women to hear that because a lot of women I know love their children, especially their little right. boys, and they can have the greatest intentions in the world, but that's not God's design. God did not design women to um, teach a boy how to be a man. Um, that's a man's job to do that. Now, the question is, well, if you don't have a man, if my mom didn't have right. my dad there, what, what do you do? And it's as simple as this. You recruit a man. It doesn't have to be your husband. It doesn't have to be your boyfriend or your boo. It just needs to be a man that you respect and you admire as a man. And the thing is, any man who's successful at being a husband and father, I'm talking about a godly husband and father, and, and I know there may be some listeners out there thinking, well, this is just your interpretation of what a real man is. No, I'm using Jesus Christ as the model. The question, when I gave you those points, did Jesus lead his family us spiritually? Yes. Did he love and serve us sacrificially? Of course he did. Did he leave a legacy of faith for us to follow? Of course he did. And did he teach other men how to do what he did? Of course he did. So I'm not pulling this out of thin air. I'm pulling it straight from the word. This is what a real man is. So you find a man who is on that course, who is doing that, and you recruit him. And, and if I was a woman, I'm telling you, if I was a woman, this is what I would do with if I had a son. If I'm out, you've got to be intentional. You've got to keep your eyes and ears open. I will start in environments where I will be most likely to find that type of man. And I will humbly take me to go up to that man. Let's say his name was Joe. And I said, um, Mr. Martin, um, I have a son, and I've got to tell you, um, I admire and respect you. I've been watching you and your wife. And the way you love her and the way your kids respect you, I want my son to grow up and be a man like that one day. I know that this is probably outside of your comfort zone and you're probably a very busy man. But would you be willing just maybe once a month to answer some of my son's questions? Would you be willing once a week to respond to his emails or something like that? Now, Technicia, if the man is worth anything, he's not going to say, get out of my face, are you crazy, woman? Leave. He's going to say, of course I will. Because any man who's doing it the right way knows that a real man shows other men how to be men. He wouldn't be the husband and father he was if somebody didn't teach him. So when I see women tell me, Joe, I don't know what to do, no, stop looking for a man and find a man that can help teach your son how to be a man. Don't worry about you finding a husband or somebody you can snuggle with. That, you know, that boy didn't have to be brought into this world, but he needs to be shown how to live in it. And so I'm not getting on mothers out there, but the priorities need to be number one. If I don't show this little boy, um, get somebody to teach him how to be a man, he's going to become some woman's worst nightmare. And all you got to do is look, turn, open up your door and look in society, and you see exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Well said, Dr. Martin. Well said. Um, but in teaching, you know, in teaching boys to be men, how do we avoid the narrow cultural stereotypes? You know, how do you avoid the negative stereotypes of what male it is? You've got to give them an example of a non-stereotype. 
Um, I, oh, okay, you mentioned earlier that I'm in education. Here's a great example. I'm in education. Now, even though I have a son who's now 20 years old, and I have a daughter who's 13, but we're going to just focus. Well, I can use both of them as an example. Um, I, cannot, I cannot stop them from being exposed to what's going on in society. You can give me every stereotype, put it on the television 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. You can have stereotypes walking through their school all day long. You can have the teachers fulfilling all the stereotypes. Say, Nisha, listen to what I'm telling you. This is not arrogance. I don't care. You know why? Because I'm their daddy. Case closed. I'm their dad. I don't care what this world throws at my children. As long as I'm in it, I'm going to influence them more than anybody else can influence them. Go to my son and go to my daughter. He said, when you look at television and you look at your home, which person would you rather, my daughter, which would you rather marry, a man you see on television or a man like your father? Ask my son, would you rather be what you see on television, LeBron James, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent? Would you rather be that or be the kind of man your dad is? See, real men, when they step up, people have to shut up and watch and listen. And so I don't want your listeners out there to let the society be an excuse for them not doing the things they know they need to be doing. The Bible tells us that we are, we're, of the, we, we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world that we can't conform to the patterns of this world. We must be salt and light and taste different and look different. So the best thing we can do for anyone to fight stereotypes is be a better example. Be an example of a woman, of a man, of a Christian, of a leader, of a boss, of an entrepreneur. Whatever it is, the role that you're in, be faithful to it to be the exception to what they see as the rule in society, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, and it only makes sense to the Bible believers, and that seems so obvious. And, you know, because – but our culture is changing so much, and they no longer assume that it's true, you know. Even when you were speaking on about women and men, a woman can't raise a boy. Because, as we know, God created men and women to just be different, and that's that's how mm-hmm. it is. Um, manhood and womanhood matter because the Creator decided – that they should matter by design and self-image God planning all human beings has a male and a female expression. And I agree with you so much, Darmar. You live in this, you know, we do. We live in this crazy world. And I was just telling my guests about that yesterday. You know, this we got to hold on to our babies because our children are being attacked through this social media, presence coming through, through the cyberspace. They're attacking now in our homes through this technology. Mine, of course, or not part of that world. I don't have mm-hmm. technology. Yeah, they have a phone. It's all. Uh, but the only thing they play on there is their little baby apps or whatever, little um, educational apps. That's about it. But I, I try to make sure I protect them to the best of my ability because this world is full of predators now. It didn't always used to be like that. Probably have, but not as strong. Because when I was growing mm-hmm. up, you used to be able to talk maybe to a neighbor or something, but now you can't do that anymore. You can't. And as you said, we're living in this world, but we don't have to be part of this world. And that's a message that these parents need to pass on to their children as well. Because Absolutely. Like I said, I, right, because Don Martin, I, I don't know if you probably have been noticing, but I'm so tired of looking at these young girls, 13, 14, on social media. Why are we dancing on social media? Why are we ex- exploiting ourselves on social media at this age, I mean, yeah, I'm 30. I wouldn't even do it, but I'm 
But if I did, I'm grown. But at the same time, our babies are doing it. Oh, are we even watching our children? Where are the parents? Do we work that much? I know I work a lot, but I my I guard them like a bulldog. Hey, where's your homework? What are you doing? Tango, Skype, anything. I need to I need to surface in on what you're doing. Uh, we need to get a hold of it because if we don't get hold of it, who's going to get a hold of it? These presidents out here. Do we want our babies to go to them to be the next um, street walker? Because, of course, we have a high rate, and we don't talk about it, but sex trafficking is still serious to this day. We don't mention it, but I have had a few guests on my show, and we talk about these issues, and they are becoming victims of it because most of the time parents work too much. We're, we're neglecting our time with our babies. We, we're not asking questions. We're not monitoring what they're doing in their room. Open them doors, parents. Open them doors. Monitor what's going on. What is? You, what are you doing on this computer? What was? I mean, we just gotta get our hands on it. That, I thank God for my mom. I she was strict, but that one watched me like a hawk, and I used to get tired of it. <laughs> I get so tired of you watching. I can't. I can't go outside and do nothing while you watching me. Can't even leave the front porch. But I'm thankful because that was <laughs> my mom. Uh-uh. Where are you going? No, you ain't going there. And there wasn't no question. You going there and I'm going to call you. You just not going. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's the type mm-hmm. of thing I had. And I hope most most of these parents need to get like that. I'm finding them to be too lenient. Then they children go run the streets, even in my neighborhood, out at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Excuse me, not in my house. Not at no 9 or 10 o'clock. Um, dinner, dinner is at 6. So if you're not dinner table, there's an issue. So um, I just had to let that out because we do, and that goes for boys or girls. We have to get our hands on our children because if we let society raise them up, as you said, Dr. Mark, I want to be your role model. I don't need Nicki Minaj to be your role model. I don't need these rappers or anybody else on the media to be your role model. I want to be your role model. I'm the one who want to set that example in your life. And that's what we parents have to make that stand. We need to be the role models and quit letting this media take a side of our children's mind because it's too much garbage on this TV as of today. If the problem went for half of my soap operas, because I love my German hospital, I cut the TV off. I do love my soap operas, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I love my soap operas, but other than that, you know, I I do my best as a mom and as a woman to try to raise them up and uh, to exemplify that I want you to find you a man like my husband because we've been married for 11 years to find that, to find someone who's going to respect you mentally, physically, and dang show spiritually. Because if they're not spiritual, then it might not even work out. Because that marriage got to be bonded. It's got to be bonded. But um, we're gonna take a short commercial break. Cause Dalmar, I'm getting so excited that he is on. I am, and I'm glad that he's here. Cause this is a message that we all need to hear and listen to. So do not touch that dial. I want everybody to stay tuned. We'll be back with Dalmar with more questions. So don't go anywhere just yet.
thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. You use Tearless Baby Shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Don Martin. Um, he's exemplifying some great characteristics of what a real man actually needs to be. And he, we talked earlier on the differences between a male and what makes a male different from a a man and the things that we women cannot portray in these boys' lives and who we need to call upon if we have a son. It's not our job to do that. And see, every time I think about something, I go back to movies because, like I said, I am a movie fanatic. What did she say in Boys in the Hood, Angela Bassett? I can't teach him how to be a man. That is your job. That's exactly what she told him in that movie. Yeah, I do. I love my movies. I probably not a movie I probably haven't seen except these new movies coming out. But that's right. We we try our best because that's what society put upon us to believe that was our job. See, when you're miseducated, Dr. Martin, you don't know any better. You only know what society teaches you. That's why I'm glad you're on here so you could teach us to do better. Every new day we get better in every new way because we need to know this. But, you know, we spoke on the fact of, um, Dr. Mom, we spoke on the fact of what single moms really need to know about probably raising boys. But as a wife, I and any other wife need to know about men, their husbands in particular. Wow. Now, it, I, I kind of break that up into, like, two different um, categories. Is And you'll, you, technician, you let me you know which one you rather me address or want me to address first. What do women really need to know about men or what women can do to help the men in their lives? Which one would you rather that I share with you? Um, maybe what do we need to know to help the men in our life? All right, that's kind of a combination of both of them because, see, they're, they're totally different because I found out that women, um, uh, when it comes to helping men, there's things that women can do that they don't know they do that really makes a difference to a man. But then when I was saying about the part about women, don't the things they need to know but they don't know because they haven't been taught this about men, which they could be sabotaging um, the man in their lives without knowing. And that's why I broke them up into two. But I'll start since, you know, you kind of put a combination of both. I'll tell you what women can do to help men. I won't talk about what they do to sabotage men without knowing it. We'll talk about what women can do. And this is so important, and I can use, and I know my wife, if she was listening to this, it would probably be embarrassing to her because 
because she does this, and and it makes a difference. Um, one is the best. One of the best things a man, a woman can do for a man to help him is to respect him. You know, the Bible tells us that you know for men to love their wives, but for women to respect their husbands. He didn't say women love your husbands. He said men love your wives. Women respect your husbands. And when right. I say respect them, and I know a lot of times uh, men, we're, we're not always doing things that are worthy of respect. And I get that yeah. and I understand that. But at the same time, even if we're not worthy of respect, don't disrespect the man. And when I say respect, I'm talking about respecting his leadership and his role. Even if he's not um, doing that role to the best of his capability, because a lot of times he just doesn't know any better. And so right, that's right. a man's biggest need is to feel respected. He has to feel respected. Even if you don't right. agree with him. Um, just uh, allow him to at least step into that position um, and so you can at least make him feel respected. I can't stress that enough. A man will shut down if he feels a woman is disrespecting him. And a good example would be that I, you can never tell a man this, Tanisha, you can, no matter how much you love your husband, you can never tell your husband, act like a man. Okay? You can never tell him that because it will be no. kind of just stripping, stripping him of his masculinity. But guess what? I could tell him that. As a man, you can't. Because, see, he would think you don't respect him, whereas he would look at it, for me, as being a challenge. Are you following me? To man right. up, to step up. So I would tell him, one, if you want to help your man, respect him. Also, and I mentioned this earlier, that recruit men for the man in your life. You've got to recruit men for him. And what I mean by uh, recruit men for him, um, even if he doesn't think he needs a man, be like a matchmaker for your husband. Like, I always okay. ask men all the time when I meet men, I don't care how successful they are, I don't care how much money they make, I don't care about compensation, occupation, I, right. I mean, I've done all that. What I want to know is how many strong men do you have in your life that you respect? And you'll be shocked if you ask the average man that. Say, how many men do you look up to that you admire and respect that will get your attention even if you won't listen to anybody else? And most men okay. don't have, they can probably count on one hand how many men they have. Now, I'm in a profession of doing this for a living, so I've recruited dozens and dozens of men, and I do this 24 hours a day. I'm always looking for men to recruit into my life and into my son's life because I don't want to be the only man that my son gets to see as an example of a man. So I will tell wives to recruit men for him. If you see a man at church, if you see a man on his job, so you know what? My wife does this all the time because she runs a fitness studio. She will meet a man, and first thing they probably think is she's going to hit on him. She'll say, you know what? You are a great man. I would love for you to meet my husband. You and my husband have so much confidence. Could I introduce you to my husband? My wife recruits men for me. Okay? <laughs> and now, also, she has an ulterior motive, too, because she knows the more men I can get into my husband's life, the better our marriage is going to be. Doesn't that make sense? If I have these sense. great role models of men around me, how can I ever abuse her and misuse her? So respect them, recruit men for them. Also, keep them encouraged. Encourage him. I'm not saying um, right. just um, blow up his ego. No, I'm not talking about that. Make him feel him. bigger. Make him feel bigger and help him, support him, and motivate right. him. An example that, the example that I use, Technicia, is I'm not a very big man. I'm five foot six on a good day. Okay? <laughs> but, if you're around, but if you're around my wife, if you listen to my wife, you would think I'm 12 feet tall. Because she looks, she says, I'm the biggest little man she's ever met in her life. And that's how she encourages me. So I walk with my, my shoulders square and my back straight because when I'm around her, I feel like I can conquer the world. She keeps encouraging me. Even when I'm struggling, she encourages me. 
So one of the best things a woman can ever say to a man is, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Right. You can never and say that enough to your husband. That's our job. That exactly. Our job. And I know, and, and if women don't, if women who haven't been married, they don't get this. But if you've been in a marriage and you see your man struggling, man, the encouragement will go a long way. So respect him, recruit, recruit great men for him, encourage him. Also, and I'm sure women already do this already, pray for him. Now, we're not saying God pray for him to get a clue. God pray for that man to get some sense. No, I'm talking about pray for him, speak the words of the man he's capable of becoming. Say, God, thank you for my husband who's going to lead our family spiritually. God, thank you for the mighty man of God you made my husband to be who's going to disciple our children. God, thank you for this man who you put in our life to provide and protect us. God, and who's going to love us sacrificially. You speak those things as if they already were. So pray for him. And then, and here's, and this is probably the thing I think most women don't know they can do to help their, their, their men, is ask him. When I say ask him, don't tell him. Do you, could you, would you think about it? Can I, you know, how can I help you? What do you need from me right now? Ask him what he needs from you. Because a lot of times we're prideful, we're ego-driven. We don't want to tell you when we're struggling. We don't want to tell you when we're hurting. So imagine my wife coming to me, and she says, and she says, well, Joe seems to be a little bit distant. He's not talking that much. And she comes to me, technician, and she says, baby, what do you need from me right now? Now, she's not trying to fix anything. She's trying to say what I'm not doing. She said, baby, right now, what do you need? I'm your healthy. Help me meet your needs. What do you need from me right now? What a great question. To keep him and encouraged. that's what we are. That's what we are. We are supposed to, no matter what the situation is, the man is supposed to lead. And we got to remember to avoid, remember to avoid getting um, Stop going outside the marriage. Sometimes we got to stop doing that. Going to your, from other males in your life, your friends, or even your pastor or, or even your brother, you know, take a look at what the Bible says about your husband's role as leader and head. Of the wife, Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two to twenty-four mentions: Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And not only um, Dr. Martin respecting his leadership, but we gotta respect his provision, because if you look at it now, I think. I think this biblical principle is it's been overlooked in our modern world too many times because nowadays, such as myself, I'm in this predicament. We're living in the two days. We're living in times where it's two income families. Um, most mm-hmm. we have to depend upon the wife because my husband's disabled, so my income is dependent the, the most. And this this shouldn't be that way, but it it is. And right. And I realize, you know that. Sometimes we do. As a woman, we got to work outside the home in a case where the husband's physically unable. I understand that. But, however, when your husband is able to provide for the family and a and woman, let him do it. Let him be the man that he needs to be. And, and, and it goes from Genesis. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten that of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, 
and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We got to respect that woman. We got to respect his maleness. Don't downgrade him. Respect him. Build him up. You've got to be the strong-willed woman. Many times we, we try to do things that we don't need not to do. We, we don't need to do it. Let your husband carry it on out. That's their job. That is their job. That's what Dr. Martin is trying to tell us. That is the man's job. We got to stop doing what the man supposed to do. That's not our job. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Who said to intervene? Who told you that you need to intervene? You don't need to intervene when God, and especially if God is already doing you need to just be quiet and sit back and let him do what he got to do. Don't, don't, that's, that's their job. And that's what we were created for him as his helper. Let your husband, ladies, be the strong one, and when he is, praise him for it and thank God for him. Let him open that pickle jar. If he want to open that pickle jar, let him open it. <laughs> even, if he, even, even, even if you loosen it for him, let him open the pickle jar. I love it. <laughs> let him open it, baby. You got it. You did it. Yes, sir. Praise him for it. Even if you, yeah, you trying it up a little bit for him. Hey, but you open it. You did it. <laughs> so, you know, we were, it, it's things that we are at fault. And I think, um, as you spoke on, Dr. Martin, we let society come a part of our world. But this is where we have to get into that war room, clean that closet out. I need to do it myself. Clean that closet out and get in there and start praying. Pray. Fight for it. Fight. Fight to get it back together. Fight. Fight that enemy. Don't fight each other because you're never going to win that battle. That's not who the mm-hmm. that's not who the enemy is. Your spouse is not the enemy. You know who the enemy is. We got to fight that enemy. Kick them out. Get a hold because that's all the devil does. The devil comes to kill, destroy. That's his job. He comes to mm-hmm. kill and destroy. And he does it to most of all of our marriages. That's why we have so many broken homes right now, as you said. But that's 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 what we have to do. Let that man be who he needs to be. You back him up every step of the way. That is our job. You praise him when he needs to be praised, and even when he's down, you uplift him. Don't tear him down, ladies. Don't tear him down. Don't do all that I told you so. You should have listened to me. Not the way to do it. And I'm at fault myself sometimes. My mouth can get going, and I forget. But that's why we we have to refer back to our biblical scriptures. We have to get back to what we know. What we what we are supposed to know, and if you don't know any better, then that's that's why we need to find a church home and get around some spiritual people. If you don't know any better, raise these boys up to be what they need to be. We need more warriors. We need more Kunta Kentes out here. We need that. <laughs> we need those warriors. We need these. We need these fighters. Women. These these young ladies too. Um, they went to church. We need to build that army of resurrection. So that's what we're trying to do. But Dr. Martin, I I can I respect everything that you're giving us today. All these messages that you're giving us, um, they're powerful. I'm just hoping I'm going to spread this show around today because we need this to be worldwide. We need our guys to be who we need them to be. 
Um, any other suggestions for us women out there? If you feel that your man is probably, if your man is probably not at that point in his life where you need him to be spiritually, how do we go from there? What do we do as a woman? You know, I would. I think that's a great question, Tanisha. And my heart goes out to women because I, I know the damage that I caused in women's lives. I was married for 16 years, and I love my wife dearly, my ex-wife. But you know, I you know I deeply apologize to her because she married a man who didn't know how to swim. I say that the quote of being a lifeguard and not knowing how to swim. And so when she needed me the most, and when my 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 son needed me the most, I couldn't jump in because I was afraid of that water. Because I didn't admit to her when I got married to her, I got married at the age of 22, that I, I didn't tell her I didn't know how to swim. And so, um, first of all, if a woman is single, I mean, count it a blessing that you're single because you're hearing what I'm telling you right now. Don't ever marry a man who doesn't know how to swim. You can't marry a man who doesn't know how to swim. He can have the greatest intentions, but if he, if he doesn't know how to swim, he's not going to know the first thing to do when you're in deep waters and you're in trouble. But what I would say to women as far as where they are right now and what, uh, what they can do, and it goes back to something I said earlier, is if you're with a man who you see has so much potential, but he's not living up to the man that God has called and created him to be, first of all, don't give up on him. Don't give up on him. Um, you, know, you married him for a reason. You're with him for a reason. Now, hopefully not to change him, but you saw something in him. And the same thing when God looks at us. We come to God as we are. And God um, grows us. He nurtures us. He gives us grace and he gives us mercy. So a lot of times our men need grace and mercy. But you can't just expect it to change by itself. So my thing would be is to recruit. I can't express that enough. Be on the lookout for men who your husband or the man that you're dating needs to meet. I wish my wife was on the air. My wife is a pro at this. I mean, she's a pro. You would think that if there was a man who didn't need additional men in his life, you would think it would be me. But my wife, she heard me say this from the podium before, that I've never met a man on the face of this earth, and listen to what I'm telling you. I've never met a man on the face of this earth ever say these words. I have too many great men in my life. I need to cut some of them loose. This is ridiculous. This is too many. Now, I've never heard a man say that in technicia. I've never met you, and you've never heard a man say that before. So what does that imply? That means he can never have enough. He can never have enough. My wife is, is drinking the Kool-Aid. She believes in that, that my husband, to be the husband that he needs to be for me and to be the uh, father to my daughter, who's not my biological daughter, and to my son, he needs to have as many great men in his life possible. So when she's out, I mean, I don't care if it's grocery shopping, is at the church, is in her business. She can be out. If she sees a man who's um, respected by his wife or is doing something with his daughter or his son, she would go up there and introduce herself and say, I've been watching you. I've been observing you. You need to meet my husband. You need to meet my husband. And I'm secure enough to accept that because I know it's going to make me a better man. So don't think you can teach him yourself. Because you can't, but he needs another man to show him how. There's one thing to be ADHD, ADD, or whatever, but there's another thing to be ABT, ain't been taught. We have to teach them, and all we're going to teach them is only a man can teach another man how to be a man. So surround him with as many men. Now, it would be different if we lived in a country where you didn't see any men whatsoever. Now, you may not see a lot of great men, but trust me, if you're more observant and you're intentional, you will be surprised how many great men you see in a given day. 
The thing is, we just don't know how to approach them and ask them. That's why I gave you that example earlier of what I would do. I would go up to the man, introduce myself, and compliment him, not talking about how fine he is or how handsome he looks. No, compliment on being a good man, a good leader, what you observe, and then recruit from there. Say, man, if you have a, I would love for you to meet my husband. If you have a son and you don't have, man, is it possible, can I get your contact information so my son can reach out to you and just ask you a question every now and then? That's, what I, that's the best advice I can give to women because they meet a lot of men every day. It's exactly. You know, and it's, it's very hard. I think what really gets it to in most marriages, there are, you know, sometimes the husband is not respectful to the wife, and I, and I, and I know it is our job. I know it's the man's job to to love us. Don't have to respect, but I mean, to me, it doesn't give you the license, you know, to be disrespectful. Um, and we can't, we we cannot control a man's action, but you can control their reactions. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, as I read the Bible. And, and the more I read it from Romans twelve twenty one, do not be do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good as as meaning to say that love him even when he's unlovely, serve him even when he seems not to appreciate your service, you know, listen to him even when you may not understand what he is talking about. That's that sometimes can be hard, Doctor Martin, to, to just give your hundred percent and you're not getting it back. But you know, can, guys I address, can I address that issue, Technician? Can I address that issue because I know a lot of women. You're at, you're right on point. Can I address that? Yes, you can. Um, for the woman out there who's saying, "Wow, I'm giving a hundred percent," you know, and he's not giving anything. Let's get right. real, and Technician. I'm assuming your listeners are. Let's keep it real, because I count a lot of couples, especially men, and I get the same. I hear the same thing from men, even though a lot of them are lying. <laughs> that they're giving them, I'm, not giving. I'm gonna give the same advice. This is why men need other men in their life. Because what I'm gonna say with women, what I'm gonna say to your woman right now, you could not tell this to another man, but I could tell it to another man. The only reason I can say it to women, because you guys are more receptive. You don't, you're not as ego driven as we are. You don't, you know, and so your egos are not fragile like ours. <laughs> but here's what I would tell a woman: so I give a hundred percent. He doesn't give anything. Let's get real and let's be honest. Okay, first of all, you chose him. Nobody put a gun in your head, told you to marry that man. So as much compassion as I have for you, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for you. Because you didn't (laughs) listen to somebody telling you that person wasn't the person you should marry in the first place. Now, I'm speaking also to myself. So when a man comes and tells me that his wife is doing all this, she's off the chain, she ain't doing this, I'm like, and? I said, did you marry her? Didn't you marry her? Didn't you ask to marry her? He said, yeah. I said, if somebody put a gun in your head, told you you had to marry her. Now, I said, guess what? I said, homeboy, man up. That's what you signed up for. Now, put on your big boy pants and do your job as a man. See, you can't tell him that. I can. You see what I mean? And that is the advice I want a man to tell me if I'm thinking about stepping away from my wife and I'm complaining and whining about it. So for a woman, you gave 100%, you give 100%, he's giving zero. Guess what? You may have to do that for a few years. But when you made that covenant before God, that's what you agreed to do. You see, and we hear in marriage vow, they said, um, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband and sentence in hell, rich or poor, death do you part, rich, you know, rich or poor? See, when we were standing up there making those vows, you know what we heard? Rich, hell. <laughs> you know, 
We were good, but we didn't hear death. We didn't hear sickness. We didn't hear poor. You signed up for all of it. And so the thing is, you're not doing. You're not loving him to make him feel better. You're not even loving him so he can love you better. You're loving him because you're doing it honoring God. And technician, that's the key. That right. I don't care if my wife acts a fool. You're not going to get me on a radio show telling you I'm giving 150%. She's giving nothing. I'm not doing it for her, Technicia. I'm doing it to glorify God. When you look at my marriage, I don't want you telling me how great a husband I am. I want you to say, wow, what is keeping your marriage so uh, so great? Now, let me tell you about my God and my, G- my Lord and Christ, G- uh, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm doing it to glorify God. That's why I'm going to tell you, what does a real man do? I said he also loves sacrificially. Jesus right. gave it all yeah. for us, and guess what? Jesus gave more than 100%, and we gave nothing, but he loved us anyway. You ought to love your, your, your mate the same way. He told us as men to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. So women, I would advise you to do the same thing. Love him sacrificially as you do unto the Lord, because trust me, God sees what you're doing, and he's going to honor that. He's going to honor that. And your husband is going to be held accountable for how he treated you. And I pray for mercy on him. If you've been showering him with the love of Christ and he's been disrespecting you and he's been um, not giving anything, trust me, judgment day is coming for him. But it's also coming for you too. And when you stand before God, you can't give not even one excuse for why you didn't live up to your role as a wife. Because God is not going to accept any excuses. Because you can give the whole list of 100 things your husband didn't do. And God's going to say, look at you and say, okay, I get that, but what about you? What did you do? I called you to do this. I told you to do that. I asked you to do this for me. Did you obey me? So this isn't about my wife acting right, Technicia. This is about me living my life right before God. That's why I love her the way I do. Not because I can get accolades from her and a pat on the back. I, I welcome that and I appreciate that. But I want to stand before my father in heaven. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You love that woman the right way. And the reason I'm so passionate about it now because I screwed it up the first time, Technicia, and I refuse to make that same mistake twice. I love it, Dr. Martin. You can, you can feel that passion. That, ooh, I'm changed. This, this is real, people, but um, <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so much more. You, um, I'm going to just lay it out there all for you, ladies. When it comes to dealing with your husband, too, you got to respect his home, no matter what the situation. Clean it up. Do the laundry. Wash them dishes, honey. Treat it just like you would do any other day if he was a rich man. Respect his reputation. Don't air all your dirty laundry out there. Don't be blasting him. Don't be shaming him. Be that crown that your man needs you to be for him. Hold him up. Make him proud. Stand up and be strong. Because as, as Dr. Martin said, your day is coming. And you gonna, everybody's going to be judged separately. But, mm-hmm. Dr. Martin, I really appreciate you for being on. Is there any more advice or information you want to give the listeners before we leave off the air? Yes, um, I won't leave your listeners out there hanging. If they have sons, especially if they're women, they have sons, and if there are men out there listening who said, yeah, Joe, you struck a chord with me. I want to be the spiritualized God of my family, but I have no idea how to swim. You mentioned it earlier. They can go to um, our webpage that I put up just for your, your listeners called um, R, it's rmcfree, F-R-E-E.com. That's rmcfree.com. 
www.thelifeofdrmichaelmartin.com, and they can get two resources that they can get free, two of my books that they can get for free. One is called Are You the Man, which is 201 Lessons I Wish My Dad Would Have Taught Me, and the other one is The Real Man Spiritual Leader Blueprint, 21 Practical Ways to Love and Lead Your Family. So I would advise the woman out there to get those four the men in their life, the, the sons in their lives, the husbands or boyfriends, and say, hey, check this out. It's free. Now, they can go buy it in Amazon, but I'm giving it to them for free. So that's rmcfree.com. And if they want to keep in contact with me and get access to other resources that we have, articles, interviews that we do on our podcast, they can go to realmenconnect.com. That's realmenconnect.com. And there they can get in contact with me, uh, listen to other great men across this country who feel just as passionate as I do about seeing men become the men that God called and created them to be. I love it. Once again, Dr. Martin, thank you for sharing this wonderful information with us, not even just information, but something we all need to have instilled in us. So it's time for us to go out there and do what the Lord has called each of us women to be the women. Man, we need you to be built up. We need you as warriors. It's what God planned was for us to do, and we got to go ahead and do it. Let's start getting back to our Bible scripture and everything. But before I leave you, I want to leave you with the two for today. Nothing is true or false. Everything is the color of the crystal you look through. What you perceive in your life is a reflection of a combination of your beliefs, your noise, and your experiences. Everyone knows you can either see a glass half full or half empty. The choice you make will be a reflection of what you have been through in your life and or what you have been taught by society. Remember, you can always choose differently. Today, be aware of the color of the crystal you look through to see your life experiences. Enjoy the day, everyone. Remember, either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals will shrink to match your mind. So let's grow. Thank you again, Dr. Martin. I'll bless Bless you and your family. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tegnesha. You're welcome. God bless you, everyone. I will see you next time on the Bright Side with Tegnesha. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Tegnesha. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 